Hey Punky Peeps, Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Well, we've made it to the end of season two for Punky Brewster. We have the finale here, season two, episode 22, Accidents Happen, which aired on March 9th, 1986. In this episode, Punky's dream is to become an astronaut when she grows up. When she sees the explosion of the Challenger space shuttle on TV, she is devastated. Here's some trivia for this episode. Two pieces of trivia. This was the last original episode broadcast on NBC before they went, um, the show went into syndication for season three and four. When the Challenger shuttle, which had history teacher Krista... McAuliffe, guys, I'm sorry if I butchered her name, they had her on board. When the Challenger shuttle exploded, the executives at NBC knew a lot of children would be devastated by her loss as the shuttle launch was shown in many schools. A script was immediately written in which the character of Punky had to come to terms with what the shuttle explosion meant. Now, I was only three and a half years old when this tragic event occurred, so I have no recollection of it. But I remember when I was in seventh grade in 1995, and my English teacher let us watch the beginning of the murder trial of O.J. Simpson. I was was naive enough to think the case would be wrapped up and a verdict would be handed down by the end of the class period. Eventually, the teacher turned it off because the class got bored with all the legal mumbo-jumbo. Yeah, clearly that was not going to be the case. It was not going to be doled out that that quickly. (laughs) I'm not even sure how long the case actually lasted for. You know, I'm going to look it up right now. So here's the quick answer of my question, how long did the O.J. Simpson trial last for? Quick answer, the O.J. Simpson trial lasted more than eight months. Opening statements for the murder trial were given on January 24th, 1995, and a verdict was reached on October 3rd, 1995. That is a long time. Wow. I'm kind of wondering whether we watch the start of the trial or maybe the when the verdict was reached i don't know we watched one of them it had to have been the beginning or maybe it was the end you know now that i think about it i really can't we watched something of it so either it was the opening of the trial or when the verdict was given so moving on to the spring of my junior year of high school in the spring of 1999 I went to my science class in the morning, and my teacher turns the TV on, and I see footage from the Columbine shooting. Actually, I was just looking at what time the shooting actually took place. It was around 11.14 in the morning, so we probably didn't see footage until, like, after lunchtime. So that science class must have been an afternoon class. But the thing is, we might have had the internet, but... I had no idea that it even happened until the teacher turned the TV on to the news station. I mean, this one really freaked us kids out. Well, I was freaked. When I was in seventh grade, someone had set up, set off a pipe bomb in that very high school that I attended later on. And 
I remember that. I was in science class that day, and one of the my classmates, her older sister had come in to say that, you know, they were letting school out early that day for the high schoolers because a pipe bomb had went off. Someone, like, set it up in, like, a trash receptacle, and it actually, when it went off, it, like, blew a hole in the in the tile of the ceiling there. And I also remember some of the time when we had to, in high school, sit in the auditorium because, or the gymnasium, while the police brought a bomb-sniffing dog because somebody called in a bomb threat. I mean, no one was injured when the pipe bomb went off in the high school that day, but it's still the idea of some kids going in and shooting up students in a school and teachers... I remember teachers talking how the following year, students would have to have clear backpacks and there would be metal detectors. Of course, both of those things never happened. I think just at the height of the moment, teachers, of course, were very freaked out as well. And schools were kind of thinking of ways to be able to better protect themselves and their students. The one thing that did happen, though, because of the Columbine shooting was the fact that we could no longer wear coats in class, which kind of sucked because it was always so cold in class, and we were no longer allowed to have our backpacks in class either. When 9-11 happened, I was on my way to work that morning, and I had heard something on the radio, but I didn't fully understand the severity of the situation until I got to work and saw footage on the TV of in the break room of a smoke pouring out of the two twin towers. My manager had called a moment of silence for the victims lost. I had worked at um, Meyer at the time, and someone had come on to, like the PA system and had called a moment of silence for the entire store for uh, the victims lost. But back onto the Challenger explosion. So my husband Jeremy was 10 years old when this happened and maybe you know he might be able to shed a little bit more light on what this experience was like for him so i'm gonna get him and i'll be right back all right everybody here with me today is my husband jeremy and he would like to tell you his experience of when the challenger shuttle exploded hello world all right so I mean, obviously, I'd heard in the, like, read in the newspapers about a, a teacher was going to be uh, going up into space, first teacher ever, and my memory of the uh, incident would have been, I would have been in uh, elementary school, and it was during lunch break, and there were just, like, a couple teachers, they were watching, uh, we had one of these TV VCR carts in the library, and I could see them, they were, um, Watching this at this point it was the aftermath of the explosion. It had already happened, but obviously now the news is reporting on this, and that was my first uh, visual of the incident. All right, everybody, what do you say we get right into this episode? It's gonna be a sad one, but it'll be uplifting too. So the episode opens up in Punky's bedroom, and we get a clear shot of Brandon. He's got headphones in his ears. He's listening to that song, How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? And there's like a little doggy that barks every time she says doggy or something. And it's like Brandon's face. It's like he's panting for a second, but when he hears that little ruff, ruff sound, he's like, he closes his mouth. Like, what? What was that? Is that another doggy barking? Punky's in her bed, and she actually has her diary with her, and this episode is actually going to be told 
in a flashback. So she's pretty much just writing down her experience of what happened and then she's kind of telling it to us. Oh, I noticed behind her head in the background, she's got that trophy she won in the episode called um, Girls Will Be Boys for that uh, remote-controlled car that she built. Like, oh, that's cool. I love that, that continuity there. I like how Punky is writing in her diary almost like she's talking to a friend. And she says that a few weeks ago. So, okay, three weeks have passed since uh, this event occurred. So Henry kind of advises her that maybe she should write her feelings down in a journal. And she tells the diary, well, since I don't know what a journal is. Well, a journal in a way could even be a guy's version of a diary. So it doesn't sound too girly. But the event that happened made her really sad. And that's where Henry's like, you don't want you to write your feelings down in a journal or a diary to help. That way you can better understand what you're going through and maybe you'll be able to find some sense of, you know, peace or, or, or something. So she says, what bothered me, what um, upset me was the Challenger, the space shuttle ex exploded. So she's like, alright, let me start from the beginning. So I am going to play the clip and I'll be right back. Dear Diary. <laughs> Long time no see. How you doing? That's good. Me too. <laughs> Sorry I haven't ridden for a while, but a few wee... <laughs> a few wee... <laughs> a few weeks ago, something happened that made me real sad. Henry said for me to write my feelings in a journal, but since I don't know what a journal is, I'll use my diary instead. <laughs> anyway, what made me so sad was that the space shuttle blew up. It bothered me especially a lot because, well, maybe I should start from the beginning. A few days before it happened, I was home after school. I was showing Brandon my latest car trip. Okay, Brandon, pick a card, any card you want. Okay, don't show me which card you picked. Okay, now put it back in the deck. <laughs> oh, all right, I'll put it back for you. Now. I'm going to show you which card you picked. Okay. The three of spades. Well, now I knew which card was yours. It's the only one with doggy slobber on it. You <laughs> should learn this trick, Brandon. Might get you a date with that lady beagle you're always barking about. So Punky starts at the beginning where she's in the kitchen teaching Brandon a card trick. And she's like, here, pick a card, any card you want. She actually kind of puts it real close to his mouth. So almost to make it look like he did choose a card. And then she's like, all right, put it back in the deck. And the expression that Brandon gives her is like, 
You're kidding, right? You know I can't do that. I don't have, uh... I don't have hands to do <laughs> I can't get this thing out of my mouth and put it in the deck. Oh, I thought that was funny. Oh, Brandon has got the best expressions. One might even call them one-liners, even though he doesn't talk. So Punky's like, ah, don't worry about it, I got it. She pulls the card out of his mouth, puts it back in the deck, and then holds it up like, alright, is this your card? And she holds out the the three of spades or whatever it was, and he barks, and she's like, alright, you want to know a secret how I knew it was your card? It's the only one with doggy slobber on it. <laughs> and then she tells him, yeah, you know, maybe you should learn this trick. You know, it might impress that uh, Lady Biggle that you've been wanting to get a date with or something like that. I think that would be interesting to see a, a Golden Retriever Biggle mix. I don't want to see if there's anything like that. I'm going to go research that. That's kind of funny because she kind of winks at him after she says that. And then he winks at her right back right back at her. Oh, and by the way, I did find... I'm going to post it on the Punky Brewster... The Punky Power Podcast uh, Instagram page if you want to see. I found... A lot of pictures of Golden Retriever Beagle mixes, just because I thought it would look adorable. And I did find one. I am going to post it later. So if you guys want to check that out, you can do that by going to the Punky Power Podcast Instagram page. Or you can even just research it to yourself. Either way. So Henry comes through the door, and Punky is all jazzed. He's like, guess what? This week at school is career day. And then Henry goes to explain that, you know, that's amazing. That's awesome. And he's like, well, I do have a present for you. I was going to wait, but this seems like the perfect opportunity to give you that present. So I'm going to play that clip now and I'll be right back. Hello, Funky. Hello, Henry. Guess what? What? This Friday is going to be career day at school. Really? Yeah. Isn't that awesome? The awesomest. <laughs> you know, I have a present that I wanted to give you for a long time, and I think this is the perfect occasion for it. Ooh, I love presents. Tell me what it is. No, don't tell me. Just let me look. No, I can't look. Just tell me. No, you can't tell me. Just let me look. Hold no. it. I'll tell you and show you at the same time. Okay. It's your very own camera. <laughs> it's the first camera I ever used. Looks like the first camera anybody ever used. <laughs> oh, but I've kept it in mint condition. It still takes perfect pictures. You can use it for career day. Look, Henry, I know you want me to follow your foot shoes. I'm really not interested in photography. You're not? Uh-uh. No interest at all? Nope. None? Zip. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Henry. No big deal. I've always known what I want to do when I grow up. In fact, I better get started on making my outfit for career day. <laughs> you know, Punky, there are a lot of children in this world who would jump at the chance to take over a thriving business. I bet you're right. Let me ask around school and get you a list of names. <laughs> Never mind. 
right now, Brandon. I've got a million things to do. Try it on Henry. Try what? Oh, Brandon's trying to learn a magic trick. <laughs> That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Henry, don't say that in front of him. It may hurt his feelings. Come on, pick a card, any card you want. <laughs> No peeking. <laughs> That's amazing. Good boy. Brandon. Would you be interested in photography? <laughs> so Punky is so jazzed about getting this gift. He's like, oh, just tell me. No. Oh, don't tell me. Oh, just let me look. Oh, don't. And, just, and Henry's like, it's okay. Chill, girl, chill. I will tell you and show you at the same time. And her response to Henry's gift is underwhelming to say. It's a camera, probably one of the first cameras that Henry ever used, because it's got a little flash bulb on it. Um, I mean, basically, that's not what Punky's into. And she even says, you know, I know that you'd like me to follow in your footsteps, or she says, foot shoes. But I have my own dreams and aspirations. And he's like, oh, I, I'm said here that you don't want to take over a thriving business like well honestly photography I mean it can if you're really good at taking pictures you can make a career out of it if you, if you are that good it's even good as like a side project and um I have a couple cousins that uh well one cousin cousin uh, in particular that does photography she actually had quit her job to do photography full-time and she makes a good good living at it you know doing engagement photos weddings um graduation photos stuff like that it's like she's really really good so i mean yeah i mean if you if that's your thing if that's what you're into that's great definitely it's definitely a good fallback position if you're good at it, and then kind of, you know, start it out as a hobby if you like, you know, de and then develop it later on or, or whatever you want to do. No hobby is is wrong in any way, you know. If you can develop a hobby into a career, but Punky, that's just not what she wants to do. Well, he even mentioned she can use it for career day. Well, unless that's what she really wants to. I mean, she's nine. A lot of kids probably that say they want to do this when they get older, when they're like six or nine. Like, I want to be, you know, when I was a child, I wanted to be a veterinarian. At one point, when I was even younger than that, I wanted to be a dog. Um, <laughs> and even as, a, you know, a teenager, I wanted to be, you know, a veterinarian or I wanted to be an author. And, well, the veterinarian thing didn't, you know, I took a semester... 
at Baker College, and I just, I couldn't get through the math. And the thing is, with their veterinary program, it is so competitive. They take the top students. And a person could be there for years until they get on that list, because they would only accept so many into the program per year. And I'm just, I couldn't do, I couldn't get the math. I just, I, I it got to a point that I just, I'm like, I'm not paying to take this class over again. And I said, you know, enough is enough. So, is what I'm doing right now what I want my career to be? Absolutely not. But right now, it's what pays the bills. And sometimes we have to make that decision to be able to just take a job to be able to pay the bills until that one thing you want to do will one day hopefully pan out. But Punky's dream is to be an astronaut. So she wants to get working on her costume. And she's got a really awesome costume when we get there. It is so amazing. It's like, she did that herself? She had no help from anybody? And even she got one for Brandon, too. But, you know, Henry's like, you know, he feels bad. It's like, oh, she doesn't want to follow my footsteps. So he turns to Brandon, who Punky's like, hey, Brandon, I don't have time to do this card trick with you. Why don't you try it on Henry? And, of course... Henry takes a card, puts it back in the deck. Brandon picks out the right card. After spilling them all on the floor, he grabs the right card and shows it to Henry, who praises him like, good boy. And then he's like, hey, Brandon, you think you might want to uh, take up photography? Like, yeah, the, the day the dog takes up photography is the day that I get in a hot air balloon. So that'll probably be never. <laughs> all right, so now we're getting to school and career day. This is going to be fun. We get a lot of different kids with different careers. So we have a doctor, a nurse, a uh, policeman, a robber, a firefighter. I'm not sure quite yet what Margot's dress says. Uh, Cherry looks like she's dressed up as a businesswoman. And Alan is dressed up as Rambo, which is not a career. And Mike will tell him that. There's even someone, a kid dressed as a clown. Like with face paint on and everything. Wow. These kids went to town with this stuff, you know. I don't think I ever had a career day when I was in school. I, I don't think I ever did in elementary school or in high school. Oh, and a ballerina, Mike says. Okay. So he looks at the kid dressed as a burglar and he's like, Freddie, where are you supposed to be? And the kid's like, a jewel thief. And Mike kind of levels with him like, um, Freddie, that's going to be a pretty short career there. And then he points to um, the kid dressed as a fireman. Or not as a fireman, as a police officer and says, hey, read him his rights. <laughs> so Mike points to Cherry and asks her if she would like to come up and share her career. And she says that she even has a, um, a display of it, you know, on poster board and everything. That she would like to be an architect when she gets older. And she said, I wanted to be an architect for as long as, like, since last night at 10.30 when I couldn't come up with a career. This actually is going to come back in the next season or two. You're going to hear more about her interests, Cherry's interests. So, luckily they'll be able to develop her more as a character in the final two seasons, you know, three and four. Because now, in season three and four, you've got just the girls. So, you're going to have to elaborate and build character attributes and traits and interests and everything in these kids. So... 
I want to play the uh, this clip here of the the class going through career day, and I'll be right back. Settle down. Okay. I see we have a lot of interesting careers today. We have a fireman and a ballerina. <laughs> and we have a doctor. And Freddie, what are you supposed to be? I'm a jewel thief. <laughs> Unfortunately, Freddie, that will be a very short career. Jimmy, read him his rights. <laughs> Jerry, you want to come up and tell the class about your occupation? All right. I want to be an architect. I've wanted to be an architect ever since last night at 10.30. But I still couldn't come up with an occupation. <laughs> this is Cherryville. It's a modern community where people of all races, color, and religion can pay me real high rent. <laughs> Very nice, Cherry. Class, let's hear it for the Frank Lloyd Wright of the fourth grade. Give it up. Yay. Okay, let's see who's next. Uh, Alan. I want to be a rabble. <laughs> uh, Alan, Rambo is not a career. It is for Sylvester Stallone. You see, Alan, Sylvester Stallone is a movie actor. He doesn't just play Rambo, he did all those Rocky movies. He was Rocky too? And three, and four. Wow, Rambo and Rocky? That guy can play anything. <laughs> My turn. Let me guess, Margo, you want to be a heavy machinery operator. No. My ultimate career is to be the lady who shows up the prizes on a game show. My idol is Vanna White on Wheel of Fortune. No one points like Vanna. Mike, will you read these cards for me? I'll try. Congratulations. You'll find your dream come true when you wake up in this brand new four-poster bed by Sleepaway. And you'll really rise and shine when you put on this glittering diamond ring from Kotowski Jewelers. But don't go near the water with it unless you're in your new high-powered cruise ride ski boat. who walked on the moon, and Sally Ride, the first woman in space. We want to explore outer space, discover new planets, and ride Harley's Comet. <laughs> Brandon wants to be the first dog on Mars. I just hope they have fire hydrants there. 
I've wanted to be an astronaut ever since I was a kid. Whenever I look out my window at night, I think, boy, I wonder what's up there in outer space. Well, someday I'm going to find out. Someday I'm going to touch the other side of the sky. Mike, I want to be an astronaut, too. Same here. Me, too. Me, too. Yeah. yeah. Tell you what. Next week, the space shuttle is going up again. Now, I have a very special interest in this flight because a lady teacher will be on board. Really? That's right. The first teacher in space. Now, since several of you are interested in being astronauts, I'm going to bring my television and we can all watch the launch together. Would you like that? Yeah! So, Cherry explains Cherryvale as a modern community where people of all races, colors, and religions can live and pay her high rent. So Mike tells the class to give Cherry a round of applause as the next Frank Lloyd Wright. And I'm like, well, who is Frank Lloyd Wright? So I looked it up on Wikipedia, and it says that Frank Lloyd Wright was... An American architect, interior designer, writer, and educator, he designed more than a thousand structures, 532 of which were completed. Wright believed in designing structures that were in harmony with humanity and its environment, a philosophy he called organic architecture. So I think, uh, says his creative period spanned more than 70 years. His, word, his philosophy was best exemplified by Falling Water 1935, which has been called the best all-time work of American architecture. So, okay. So the fact that Cherry said that her community, her modern community of homes would be accepting of all, you know, races and, um, and everything else. You know, all people of all races, religions, and what have you could live together in peace and harmony. And pay her high rent. So let's move on to the next person. So Mike calls on Alan. Alan comes up with, this would not be allowed in school today. With what looks like a machine gun. And this thing, this gun is like all black. So it looks very realistic. And he is dressed as he rips off his camouflage cloak. He's dressed in his Halloween costume from Love Thy Neighbor when he was dressed as Rambo. And Mike breaks it to him that Rambo is a fictional character. He is not a real person. He is played by actor Sylvester Stallone, who Mike tells Alan was also in Rocky. And Alan's like, he was in Rocky 2, and then Mike adds, and 3, and 4. And also the Rocky Balboa one that came out, like, in 2006. And also he was in Creed, which came out a couple years ago, or a few years ago, or something. So this is Alan's response to that. Wow, he was Rocky 2? That guy can play anything. And I'm like, hey, has anyone ever seen the movie that Sylvester Stallone played and uh, what Estelle Getty playing from Golden Girls, who played Sophia, uh, Estelle Getty played his mother. This movie was called Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, and I think it came out in like ninety one or ninety two. I was probably that one percent that actually saw this movie in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a movie I forgot what it's called, but I saw it on TV a long time ago when I was like nine or whatever, 
or 10. I can't remember. Anyway, it had Dolly Parton in it and Sylvester Stallone. I think it was like a, I don't know if it was a musical, but they sang in it. And it was just, it was kind of weird. <laughs> it was like they sang country songs or something. I actually found the movie. This is like one of those movies that would play on like a Saturday afternoon. Like Saturday at the movies or something. And it's called Rhinestone. It came out in 1984. It was rated PG. PG meant a lot of different things back in the 80s, by the way. This was before they had their um, PG-13 rating. So, this is the summary for that. Jake, an aspiring singer from Tennessee, comes to New York and finds himself... Wait, who wrote this? This makes no sense. Jake, an aspiring singer from Tennessee, comes to New York and finds herself... Oh, Dolly Parton's name is Jake. Oh, well, that's kind of weird. Oh, Sylvester Stallone's name is Nick. Okay. Uh, finds herself working in a club owned by a sleazy guy named Freddy. Seems Jake is under contract. Freddy won't, doesn't want to let her go. Jake makes a bet that she can train anyone to sing, and if she does, he lets her out of her contract. And the guy she has to train is Cabbie named Nick. They go to her home in Tennessee, and Jake tries to teach him, but it's very tough. And that's pretty much the extent of that. Yeah, I just, I remember that. I'm like, oh, God, Richard Farnsworth. That guy looks familiar. What's he been in? He was in Misery? Oh, he was in Lassie. He played the grandpa. Okay, you know what, guys? I'm getting off track. I'm sorry. <laughs> so now Mar Margo pretty much volunteers herself to go next. Like, all right, my turn. It's like, um, wait a minute, Margo. Mike didn't even call on you. <laughs> you don't know if you're next. I mean, it's not like he was going to choose any of the other kids since they don't have speaking roles. But, um... Mike looks at her all in her dazzling dress and he's like, hmm, let me guess. You want to be a heavy machine operator, am I right? And she just hands him these cue cards to read while she gets on his desk. Stands up on his desk to do her little performance. So this is Margot's career. She wants to be the lady that shows off the prices on a game show. Uh, oh, like Barker's Beauties or something like that? Or, or whatever, like on the prices, right? Like, uh. Is that really an admirable career? I mean, you probably have to start off in, like, modeling and stuff like that. I don't know, Margo. I think you need to aim higher than that. I mean, I'm not trying to condone people who do that or say that their job doesn't mean anything. Because it does. You know, everyone needs someone like that. But Mar Margo's stance, I could see her parents probably wanting her to aim a little higher. Even Mike kind of looks to himself and kind of rolls his eyes like, What the heck? Like, yeah, I guess, if that's your inspiration, aspirations, I guess I'll support it as best as I can. Oh, word of warning, sadness, guys. This is Mike Fulton's last episode. Yes, we talked about this in the last couple of Changes episodes. The Accidents Happen is Mike Fulton's final episode. Gosh, we will miss him. I will miss him and his guidance. And this is Alan Anderson, who is played by... Casey Ellison. This is his second to last episode. He's only got one episode in season three, and that is when he's heading to, uh, he's heading out the door. He is done. So Margot said her idol is Vanna White, and then she's like, no one points like Vanna on Wheel of Fortune. She's still doing that show, too. Hey, why don't we ask Quinn what she thinks of Vanna White? 
Quinny, what do you think of Vanna White? Quinn, what do you think of Vanna White? Yeah, it's a microphone. You gonna speak into it? No? Okay. So I looked up Vanna White. She's been on the show Wheel of Fortune for three, 33 years. Holy moo. She's 60 years old. That's not, I mean, that's not, that's not bad. Oh, she's got kids. That's cute. So, Marta's really getting into this whole thing as Mike's reading off the cue cards. Like, oh, here's a nice bed. And Marta pretends the desk is a bed. Then she has this diamond ring on. And then she gets up on the desk, stands up, and pretends she's on a water, like, water skis. And the class erupts in laughter. And she just stops what she's doing, looks at them, gives her famous line, Peasants! I kind of wonder, I can't remember, does that carry on into season three and four? Or does she drop that entirely and then come up with like a new catchphrase? I'm not sure. But we'll be able to see her character kind of grow and develop in season three and four also. Or maybe not. But we'll see. Maybe she does. I can't remember. You know, it's been a bit since I've seen the last two seasons. And some of the episodes I don't think I've ever seen. So that'll be kind of fun. So now Punky comes in to the classroom dressed up as an astronaut and she's got Brandon all decked out in really awesome colors as like her her little dog and astronaut dog in training, I believe. And she even has a poster board set up of the teacher that was going to be in the space shuttle launch for the tra- the Challenger that she puts up on the uh on the easel there. I'm sorry, guys. That's my mistake. Actually, Punky says the lady's name is Sally. S- Sally some something. I'm sorry. Um, she was the first woman in space, and Buzz Aldrin was the first man that walked on the moon. The woman that's going to be on the Challenger thing is uh, the Challenger space shuttle. Her name is Christina, I believe. Okay, here's what I found out about that. The first woman to travel into space was a Soviet cosmonaut named Valentina Tereshkova. She traveled around Earth 48 times while orbiting in the Vostok 6 spacecraft in 1963. The first American woman, okay, the first American woman to travel into space was Sally Ride, who rode on board the space shuttle Challenger in 1983 and 1984. Oh, okay, so there was more than one Challenger space thing? I'm going to find that out because, guys, I really don't know about some of this stuff. And, see, I'm just reading, seeing this stuff for the first time. So, from what I'm seeing here, it looks like the Challenger 4, is that right? Um, 1983 in April, Challenger 5, June 18, 1983, Challenger... Wait, wait, that doesn't make sense. There's also another Challenger in August of 83, uh, February 84, another Challenger, April 84, Challenger, October 1984, Challenger, and uh, April 85, Challenger, July 29, 85, Challenger, uh, October 30th, 85, Challenger. January 28th, 1986, Challenger. 
did not land. SRB explosion killed crew and destroyed the orbiter. Teacher in flight. So Punky tells him how she wants to explore, you know, other worlds and stuff like that in space. And she says that Brandon wants to be the first dog on Mars. The kids are loving this. They're really getting into her presentation. And even Mike is just having a good time with this, too. So she tells him she's wanted to be an astronaut ever since she was a kid, which is funny because she's nine. And she says whenever she looks out her window, she always kind of wonders what's out there in space. Henry should probably invest in maybe a telescope so she can kind of see like the stars and everything like that and other planets. I think she'd get a kick out of that. So Punky is actually so enthused that this gets the class really worked up. And Cherry turns to Mike. She's like, I want to be an astronaut too. And then so does Alan says the same thing. And another couple kids. So this, um, Mike decides, like, this is great. I'm glad you guys are really into this. I think that um, I'm going to bring my TV in so we can all watch the Challenger Space Shuttle launch. And the kids all cheer. And then the next scene happens, which we are going to get to. And I'm going to play that clip because it is very sad. Mikey, why aren't you in school? They sent us home. Oh, hi. What's the matter? We were watching the space shuttle take off. And... Yes? It exploded. <laughs> the shuttle exploded? Are you sure? Henry, don't turn on the TV. I don't want to see it again. Well, all right. But I do think we should talk about it, okay? I still can't believe it. When it was time for the countdown, the whole class counted along. Then it took off. And we all cheered because it was so exciting and beautiful, you know? I remember thinking... Boy, I wish it was me up there. And then all of a sudden, there was a big flash, and smoke went in all directions. Yes? I turned off the TV. Some kids started to cry. I was one of them. I just couldn't stop. Oh, honey, I understand. It's okay. Mike cried, too. Then he asked us all to hold hands, say a prayer for the astronauts. Why did it happen, Henry? I don't know, honey. It's hard to understand. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. So Mike 
Rick's interest for um, showing the kids the space shuttle launch is due to their interest that they want to see it. And also his interest is that there's going to be a woman teacher on the shuttle and he's really jazzed about the idea of the first teacher in space. That's really cool. So, afterwards, we don't see them, of course, watch the launch and everything that happened with the explosion. We hear what happened after and everyone dealing with the outcome of that. Uh, the next scene, Punky comes home, opens the door, and tears are streaming down her face. She's really upset. Henry goes to her and is like, what's wrong? And she tells him that the school sent us all home. And then she goes on to explain how Mike had brought his TV in so we could all watch the space shuttle launch. We were all having a great time. We all clapped when the shuttle went into the air and then all of a sudden it just exploded. And we all just kind of sat there for a minute. Some kids started to cry. And it just... Yeah, it's not good. So Punky bursts into tears and Henry pulls her close. And then he kind of, you know, sets her apart from him so that way she can explain. He's really surprised. It's like the shuttle exploded. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Henry, I know the internet doesn't exist yet, but how do you... Well, unless he's watching the TV, he's not going to know that any of this even occurred. So, and I, I mean, he could have been down at his new studio in the mall working there. So, he, yeah, he has no idea this has even happened. Like, wait, what? It exploded? Then he asks her, are you sure? And I'm like, Henry, I'm pretty sure that the kids can tell a shuttle that explodes in the air. I mean, and how, how else do you, I mean, come on. I, mm. That's when Henry reaches for the television remote, but Punky stops him and she says, Please, Henry, I don't want to see it again. And they probably would if they had footage from that as it exploded. They probably would play it on a, on a, uh, on a loop over and over and over again as they, as they talk about it. And it's like, I've already experienced it once and it was hard enough. I really don't want to have to witness watching this happen again. So he sets the remote down and he turns to her and he's like, alright, fine, we won't watch it, but I really feel that we, we should talk about this. It's like, yes, Punky, do not keep your feelings inside, okay, sweetie? Henry is there, you tell him how you're feeling, how it made you feel. So I'm going to play this clip of her, um, of the interaction between Henry and Punky from the time she comes home until she describes what happened when the way they were watching the countdown and everything, they counted along and the Challenger launched into the air, then it exploded. So I'll play that clip and I'll be right back. Actually, correction, I already played that clip before this uh, clip here that I'm doing right now. So, all right, let's continue on. So the next scene is going to be where Mike is explaining to the children what they saw, how they felt, and just getting their feelings out and everything like that. So that clip I'm going to play right now, and I'll be right back. Guys, we all watched something scary on TV yesterday, didn't we? Yeah. Now, what do you think about it, and how do you feel? 
thinking? This can't be happening. It, it isn't real. Me too. I kept hoping they'd go to a commercial. When they came back, the astronauts would be saved by Mr. T. But that didn't happen, did it? What do you think about the astronauts? I think they were real brave. Were they explorers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they sure were. Were they trying to do a good thing? They sure were. They didn't get to finish their mission, did they? No. But they did get started on their way. Now, is that a good thing? Sure. Should we be proud of them? Yeah. Yes. Mike, are they going to stop the space program? I don't think so. My dad says they should. He says they shouldn't send people up in space anymore. Well, that's an understandable first reaction, Alan, but I think that most people will realize how important it is for us to keep exploring space. Maybe, but the next time they decide to send a teacher up, I don't know if that person will want to go. I would. If they asked me, I would go in a second. What about you, Punky? Well, it's always been my dream. But Punky is dangerous. I know, but it I sure don't want to be an astronaut. Me neither. I never wanted to be one. Well, I do. After what happened to the shuttle, Punky, you're crazy. You sure are. a little bit of Punky's conversation which you heard in the clip um, just kind of give my uh, commentary and opinion on it you know she says how you know we all counted along and when it launched into the air we all cheered and everything and Punky's like she's just like wow I, I almost imagine it was me up there like how she wished it could have been her up there before it exploded of course. she didn't know that they didn't know that yet that it had exploded so then she explains the crash. Basically, there's a big flash, and that smoke went in all directions. That would be scary as heck for a child to witness something like that. So I just checked out footage from the Challenger explosion, and it's like they have um, the families and I think the students of the first teacher in space, her students were there to see it. Her parents, I think, were there to see it. And, you know, everyone's cheering, seeing it go off and everything, and then all of a sudden it explodes, and it's like you're, you're pretty much just getting the reaction of everyone's reaction while they're seeing this. Her parents are there. It is really heartbreaking to watch all of their faces turn from joy and cheers to utter shock and horror. Like, I, my tears are welling up right now in my eyes, and I was too young to even when that first happened, and it's like, oh my gosh. I just, I, I can't even b begin to just understand. I mean, I think it was like um, a mechanical issue or, or something on the shuttle. And I'm sure that they, you know, fixed that issue for in the future that when they did other space shuttle launches, that that was one of the things they made sure to check for. But oh my gosh, watching that is so, so sad. Mm. Okay. Now let's get on to, to um, 
to Mike's um, conversation with the kids about what they saw and how they feel about it. So just to finish up with um, Punky telling Henry about what happened and how Punky said that some of the kids started to cry when Mike shut off the TV and Punky was one of them. And she said even Mike started to cry and then Mike decided, he told the kids, let's all hold hands and pray for the 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 people that were killed in the Challenger explosion. So this, I think it's good to have prayer in school. You know, everyone's allowed to their own opinion, but I think in times like these that prayer is definitely needed. So that's when uh, Punky turns to Henry. She's upset. She's like, why did this happen, Henry? And Henry has no idea. He, has, he doesn't know what to tell her. He says, sometimes bad things happen to good people. You know, and the thing is, until they, the people did an actual investigation on the Challenger, people were probably guessing that maybe it could have been a mechanical malfunction or something to that degree. That hopefully that they would fix so that way in the future, because they would still do... Um, you know, space space shuttle launches, you know, down the road and stuff like that. And you want to know, that's what you learn from this accident to make sure that they can prevent it in the future. And Punky hugs Henry and Brandon comes over and Henry puts his hand on Brandon's head and just kind of pets him and... You know, Brandon licks Punky's hand reassuringly and everything. And I just want to say this one thing that, um... A lot of the season, it seems like it's been, uh, we've seen Punky in her really cool looking winter coat. And here it's like she's got a light coat, a light jacket for spring. Um, and now we're moving on to Mike talking to the class about the explosion that they witnessed from the Challenger on television. So Margo's the first to answer Mike's question is, she thought that it couldn't be real, you know, that, um, because it was on TV. And... Alan's right next to her, and he says, well, I was hoping that they cut to a commercial, and then when they did, they came back, and he thought, well, maybe that the astronauts would be rescued by Mr. T. And yes, that would be a, a sweet assumption to hope that, you know, they could have been rescued, but this is just one of those harsh things that happens that kids just, they don't know how to process that. But luckily, Mike is there to help them work through their feelings. Punky says that she feels that the astronauts were, were very brave for what, for going up there like they did. And they were. You know, that takes a lot of, a lot of guts and a lot of bravery to be able to, to do something like that. So Mike tells them that, you know, what they did, he asked, did they do a good thing? And the kids all agree, yes. And then Mike says, you know, they weren't able to complete their mission, but now they're well on their way. Alan asks a very good question here. He asks, "Is are they going to continue with the space shuttle program? Oh, guys, I'm sorry. Alan asks, um, are they going to stop the space shuttle program? And Mike says, I don't think so. And then Alan says how his father t told him how he feels that they should stop it. They should not be sending any more people into space. Well, I mean, they could do that, but they don't. It's like, yes, something ha an accident happened. You know, that wasn't done on purpose. It was something probably with the faulty wiring or, or, or something. 
I'm not sure what, but now they know this. They know this for the future so that when they go continue to do space shuttle launches, they'll be prepared to double check for those things to prevent that from happening in the future. So Alan asked you a very good question. I'm sure that was on a lot of kids' minds. Like, are they going to continue? So Marco says that the next time, you know, they send a teacher up, I don't think they'll want to go. Well, Margot, that was that woman's choice. She just happened to, her occupation just happened to be a teacher. She chose to do that. I don't think they just picked her. And Mike surprises the class by saying, you know, if they picked me, I would go. Okay, guys, I apologize. So on Wikipedia, it says here, in 1985, um, Krista McAuliffe, I'm sorry about the name, so it says she was selected for more than 11,000 applicants to participate in the NASA Teacher in Space project. Oh, so there was, it was NASA Teacher in Space, it, it was a project, okay, okay. And she was scheduled to become the first teacher in space. Oh, see, guys, like I said, I didn't. I was so young back then. I don't know any of this. So when it comes up, I will correct myself when I am wrong. So that way I'm giving you the information that I'm getting from the internet. And pray that it is true. As a member of mission STS-51-L, she was planning to conduct experiments and teach two lessons from space Space Shuttle Challenger. On January 28, 1986, the shuttle broke apart. 73 seconds after launch, after her death, schools and scholarships were named in her honor, and in 2004, she was posthumously awarded the Congressional Space Medal of Honor. Wow. Okay. Uh, here's something cool. In 1984, President Ronald Reagan announced the Teacher in Space Project. Oh. And then um, Krista learned about NASA's efforts to find their first civilian, an educator, to fly into space. NASA wanted to find an ordinary person, a gifted teacher who could communicate with students while in orbit. And Krista became one of more than 11,000 applicants. Oh, I like... This is a quote from her in 1985. I cannot join the... I cannot join the space program and restart my life as an astronaut, but this opportunity to connect my abilities as an educator with my interest in history and space, it's a unique opportunity to fulfill my early fantasies. Ah. NASA hoped that sending a teacher into space would increase public interest in the space shuttle program and also demonstrate the reliability of space flight at a time when the agency was under continuous pressure to find financial support. Ronald Reagan said it would also remind Americans of the important role that teachers in education serve in the country. Okay, that's good. It says that Krista was one of two teachers nominated by the state of New Hampshire, And on July 1st, 1985, she was announced as one of the 10 finalists. And on July 7th, she traveled to Johnson Space Center for a week of a thorough medical examinations and briefings about space flight. Let's see. Uh, July 19th, 1985, Vice President George H.W. Bush announced that she had been selected for the position. 
And another teacher, teacher Barbara Morgan, served as her backup. All right. That's great. That's, wow. See, that's what happens when you, the internet is full of so much useful and interesting information. I'm learning so much. Yeah, Mike says he would go in a second if he was asked. And then that's when Cherry asked Punky. She says, Punky, do you still want to go into space after this? And Punky says, well, it's always been my dream. And this is when Margo and Alan kind of say, you know, Punk. Margo says, Punky, it's dangerous. Well, Margo, a lot of things are, but if we don't take risks, we'll never know what we're truly capable of. And Alan, you know, the kids are like, oh, you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, she's not. She's brave for wanting to do something, even though something bad happened. And even the space shuttle people, they continued on doing the launches after this happened. Because they still wanted to go out into space and discover things. You can't let one accident define how you're going to look at something for the rest of your life. You know, that's why people continue to do things after mistakes happen, after accidents happen. I think Quinn was out there chasing Jeremy around. So Cherry's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to, sure don't want to be an astronaut. And Ellen says the same thing. And then Margo's like, well, I never wanted to be one. I think, yeah, but you kind of did the other day when Punky kind of talked it up. Come on. So now we get back to the apartment. It's kind of, you know, now it's kind of a little more lightheartedness. Like we, we dealt with the seriousness of the, this issue, this episode. Now we're going to have a little lighthearted things to kind of bring things Bring things around a little bit more. Make things a little bit more lighter. So, Betty is working on a dress, and she's using Henry as the um, the uh, mannequin to, you know, get a correct fitting and everything. I mean, maybe she's making it for herself. I don't know. I just noticed the outside of the building, when they're going up it, like, from the outside shot, there is a person looking out that window. And one of those windows, I think it's a child. Like, I've never noticed that before. Yes, after this episode here, we could use a laugh right now. And seeing Henry in a dress is hilarious. That's exactly what we need to make it a lighthearted moment here. So Henry's complaining loudly, I might add, that the material itches. I hope he's not getting an allergic reaction to it. What is he using? Quinn, what are you doing? What are you doing? Looking out the window? You goof. This cat, I tell you, this cat. She's a nut. She tells him basically, you know, hold still, because I might stick you with one of these pins, which she does. And he's like, ah, yeah, that's hurt. That hurts. So he complains, it's like, the needle's still in me. And she pulls it out and he screams like, ah, that hurt. Like, yeah, those needles would hurt. Oh, maybe she should get a mannequin and like give a spare poor Henry that pain. Eek. So, that's when the doorbell rings, and it's Mike with the astronaut, Buzz Aldrin. So, oh, Betty is so excited. Like, really? You're the one who walked on the moon and everything like that? It's like, oh, that is, wow, this is so cool. But actually, Mike has brought Buzz over to talk to Punky. Because she's so interested, she's still interested in the space program and becoming an astronaut, even though the Challenger exploded. So I'm going to play that clip and I'll be right back. 
Are you punky? Hi. Are you sure you're really Buzz Aldrin? I sure am. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just didn't recognize you without your space suit. Well, I would have brought it, but it's at the dry cleaners. I spilled tang on it. <laughs> Are you sure you really came here to see me? I sure did. Your teacher tells me you'd like to be an astronaut. Yeah, but you know, because of what happened to this space shuttle, my friends think I'm out of my gourd. A lot of kids at my elementary school used to laugh at me for wanting to fly to the moon and be part of the space program. Wait a minute, they didn't have the space program way back then. Maybe that's why they laughed. <laughs> but this is the way I look at it. Astronauts are explorers, and all through history, people have thought that explorers are a little off their rocker. Yeah, like Christopher Columbus. People told him that the Earth was flat, and if he sailed too far, he'd fall off the edge. That's right, but he went anyway. He just took lots of rope. <laughs> Punky, I have something for you. You do? Yes, it's an organization for children who are interested in math, science, NASA, and outer space. And you know what? What? I helped start the very first chapter at Viking Elementary in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Wait till I tell Mike about this. He said all the Vikings were extinct. Wait till he hears they're living in North Dakota. Punky, <laughs> would you like to join the Young Astronaut Program? You bet. Just fill this out and mail it in. Uh, can I have one for my partner, too? <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh. So, of course, um, Mike goes into the kitchen to tell Henry that Buzz Aldrin is there. And Henry is so starstruck. He's still wearing the dress that Betty was working on. And he goes out there to snap a picture, not thinking, like, oh, well, I'm wearing a dress. <laughs> he doesn't realize that till after the picture is taken. So Mike tells Henry that he brought um, Buzz Aldrin there to speak to Punky. Since he was in the area, giving a talk on the space program and stuff. So I guess uh, Mike must have had Betty go get Punky. Punky must have been upstairs playing with Cherry and stuff because she comes in from outside in the hallway. And Punky is so jazzed that he's there. It's really great. I like how Buzz uses some um, space type words. How he said, you know, he left his space suit at the cleaners because he spilled Tang on it. I guess Tang is something that the space... Um, <laughs> the astronauts drink in space, I guess. And um, Buzz sits down with Punky on the couch. He's like, well, I hear your teacher tells me that you would like to be an astronaut. And Punky says, well, yeah, but my friends think that I'm kind of out of my gourd because of everything that happened with the space shuttle explosion and everything. And Buzz kind of tells her, you know what? I wanted to be an astronaut, too, when I was your age. And my friends thought it was weird, too. And she's like, but they didn't have the space um, 
program when you were a child. And he's like, exactly. So he was thinking up things before they even existed. And that is really cool. That's how ideas and things are born. It's because someone has to come up with the idea first. So I like it. Buzz kind of tells her that, you know, people think that Explorer's a little off the rocker. And Punky agrees. Like, yeah, like Christopher Columbus. You know, people used to tell him, say that the world was flat. And Christopher Columbus decided to sail the world to see that it's, to prove his point that the world is actually round. So Buzz tells Punky he has something for her. And he pulls out of his messenger bag a t-shirt. And Punky is so excited. I'm excited for her. Oh, a t-shirt. I love t-shirts. Especially graphic tees. I've been uh, getting some of those for a while. I just got one of um, Mr. Rogers. And the other one was Bob Ross, the uh, the painter. Oh, I just love graffiti. It's like, it's a way to express your interest and personality without having to talk to people. <laughs> so Punky opens the shirt and it says Young Astronauts. And that's when Buzz tells her it's a program for children that are interested in math and science and uh, the space program and becoming astronauts. So Buzz tells her that he started the first chapter of the Young Astronauts. In uh, South Dakota. That is so awesome. To be a founder of something. So Buzz asks Punky if she'd like to join the Young Astronauts program. And she's like, yeah, sure. So he hands her a brochure and tells her to mail it in. That's when Brandon comes down the stairs from um, Cherry and Betty's apartment. And then she looks at Brandon. She's like, can I get one for my partner too? As Brandon barks. Like, yeah, you gotta bring your buddy. You gotta bring your partner. Partner in crime. So after that scene, we kind of flash forward to the current time when Punky is still in her um, her bedroom writing in her her diary. Or yeah, so Punky's still writing in her diary, and she tells us how um, cool it was to meet Buzz Aldrin, and how I guess Henry was kind of starstruck too because he stayed in the kitchen the whole night. <laughs> And she said that she's still going to be an astronaut, despite what happened with the Challenger explosion. Like, good for you, Punky. Good for you. You keep dreaming your dreams of being an astronaut. Oh, I like that. He tells her, you've got to take risks when doing something that no one's ever done before. Exactly, because you don't know if it's possible. If you don't try, you'll never know if you can succeed or not. You're always going to wonder what if. And no one wants to spend their night life wondering, what if I had done this differently? How would my outcome now be? Oh, here's something she says she learned on her own. She said, if is a word smack in the middle of life. Like, ah, yeah, that's right, it is. I love how she's still wearing the Young Astronauts Program shirt. That is really cool. Then she tells the diary as she signs off, Hang loose and don't take any wooden nickels. <laughs> oh, Punky, you are so awesome. So she gets out of, out of her bed, pulls the headphones off of Brandon's head, and then she just, like, drops them right by his doghouse. Like, and then she, like, practically tramples over them to get to the window. It's like, sweetie, go put those up on something. You are going to cut your foot. 
on the those things are sharp that that metal band connecting the two earpieces those things are sharp and if she's walking around with bare feet and she just drops it just right there like blah, she's gonna cut her feet open but anyway <laughs> she um she sits in the windowsill and just kind of looks out like one day one day i'm gonna be up in space yes punky one day you will be Although, I don't know. You know, we'll kind of see. With season three and four coming up, I don't know what her aspirations are. If she still has an interest of being an astronaut or if she decides to, you know, want to do something else. Because children change their minds on what they want to do when they grow up all the time. That's the thing. It's like when you're a kid, be a child. And then it's like those difficult questions are going to come back to you. But they're going to come back to you once you get into like your senior year of high school. It's like you kind of have to have a plan kind of set. Or at least an idea of what you'd like to do. when, Especially when applying to colleges. That's why you get your first year stuff out of the way. And then that way you can kind of uh, figure out what you want to do. You know, it's okay to change your mind and everything. You don't have to go with the first choice. And Brandon kind of comes up there with her and she kind of holds him close and says, Someday, Brandon, someday you and I are going to go to the stars. And that's the end of the episode. Guys, this is uh, was a beautiful way to end season two. Hopeful. I'm going to play that sweet little ending clip now. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin was awesome. I mean, it overwhelmed me. <laughs> he must have done the same thing to Henry, because he didn't come out of the kitchen all night. <laughs> anyway, I still feel bad about the shuttle, but I'm going to be an astronaut, no matter how scary it might be. Henry says you got to take risks when you're doing something that nobody's ever done before. Here's something I realized all by myself. If is a word smack in the middle of life. Isn't that deep? <laughs> well, I guess I'll say goodbye for now to your diary. Hang loose and don't take any wooden nickels. <laughs> your pal, Punky. Go to the stars. Alright, let's read some uh, YouTube comments here for <clears throat> Accidents Happen. Is it weird that this is my favorite show and I'm 12? And these are some of the responses that this person got. No, it's not. Everyone, even 6th and 7th graders are watching this, and this show started in the 80s. Nothing weird about it at all. I am 40, and I still love it. 
Nope, I'm 14 and it has been one of my favorite shows since I was 10. Of course not, I grew up on this show and I'm 43. It just speaks volumes about how great shows retain their appeal through generations. Now this, a couple of these comments here are regarding that fake gun that Alan brought in to complete his Rambo costume. In today's schools, Alan would be in cuffs even though the gun is a toy. It looked like a real gun. It was completely black. There was no orange on the end. Alan would definitely get suspended for the toy gun. A kid got suspended once just for saying God bless America, but Mike didn't even look upset about the gun. At this, in this day and age, Alan would never have made it through the front door of the school with that fake gun. Punky ruled things. She's the only one who could walk in late and start her presentation. Well, for all we know, she might have even let Mike know the night before that she was going to run a little late with her costume. I gotta get me a Rambo suit, someone said. This was when TV taught you something, not just mindless garbage like shows these days. Well, that's true. That's why a lot of the stuff I don't watch TV too much. This person talks about Henry's camera. A camera like that in mint condition, even in the 1980s, would have been worth so much money. And now, so much money. Punky Brewster was my favorite show growing up. I loved Punky's spacesuit and the way the Challenger explosion was addressed. Because I think they handled it very well. I never understood why Margot never went to private school. You know what? I've been asking myself that same question for now two seasons, and I still don't have my answer. Here's another one. Oh, I remember when we learned about the 80s in school a week ago. In parentheses, it says, I'm nine. We also learned about this. And this is how I figured out that Punky Brewster was a show. We saw a clip of K.O. Kid when Moose was looking through their lunches. Well, yeah, with the anti-bullying stuff in schools, yeah, that would have been a, something to watch. At school, I would have gotten in big trouble if I wore that dress to school. They're talking about Margot's dress that she wore for her presentation. This one's cute. Henry and Betty were like a married couple. They got along so great in all their time together. They sure did. This person says, I wasn't alive for this, the Challenger explosion, but I watched the second plane hit the World Trade Center on 9-11 on TV in class. Here's another one. I never noticed, LOL, I never noticed if is a word in the middle of life. LOL, even though I'm now an adult, I'm still learning things from Punky. You know, I didn't know that either until Punky said it. Alright, time for the Brandon Tailwag episode rating. I'm giving this episode 5 out of 5 Brandon Tailwags. One for Punky's outfit for career day. Loved that spacesuit and I loved Brandon's outfit too. Two, for Punky and Henry talking about the space shuttle explosion because when she came home and she was crying, he had no idea why and he didn't even know that the space shuttle had exploded. That's why he asked her, are you sure? Three, for Mike explaining to his class what happened and he had the kids express how they were feeling. Four, for Buzz Aldrin's appearance and inviting Punky to join the Young Explorers program. And five, for the end scene of Punky and Brandon looking out her bedroom window at the night sky as she tells him, someday Brandon will be out there amongst the stars. It was a very sweet way to end the episode. Punky's principles. 
I think it's very important when a tragedy like this occurs that parents and teachers talk to their children and students and allow them to express what they're feeling. Have them ask questions and admit their fears and what they're feeling. Well, everyone, that's a wrap for the completion of Season 2 of Punky Brewster. I'll do a little recap of what I liked and didn't like in another in a little mini-sode. So what I like, liked and didn't like about Season 2. And also kind of give my hopes for the characters as we go into Season 3. Which I'll do a little mini-sode Season 3 uh, prep for that. Before we get to the actual season, me covering Season 3 around like January 7th or January 8th. Now, if you guys would like to connect with the podcast, you can visit these uh, websites. You can also go to SoundCloud where the links are there. And you can even email me at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. Guys, I would love to hear from all of you. And you can tell me how much you love Punky Brewster. I also want to give you all a sincere thank you, all of my listeners, new and old. Whether you've stuck with me from the beginning... Whether you're just now t- tuning in, guys, I love doing this. I'm coming up on a year of doing this at the end of January, and I just, 2017 has been a year of podcasting, and this, Punky Brewster was the first podcast I ever decided to do. I decided to do it because I didn't see anyone else doing it. I'm like, why doesn't someone do Punky Brewster? I mean, I see episodes on, like, like podcast episodes from other podcasts. And they kind of, like, they wouldn't treat the episode fair. You know, a lot of criticism and stuff like that. Which, you know, I kind of look at it with a, not a harsh eye, but kind of a comedic, you know, commentary-ish look. You know, there's some things I like about some episodes and some that I don't. But, you know, I just, I wanted to do this because I know there's a lot of people out there that love the show, that grew up with it, that are just now coming to the show. And I grew up, you know, I was born in 82. The show came out in 84. I remember also watching the cartoon Punky Brewster on in Saturday mornings. So that's why I do this. I do this because I enjoy talking about the show. I love the characters. I I love being able to just talk about the episodes and and just give you guys something to to enjoy during your week, you know, whether you're playing this on the road, driving to work, whether you're listening to it at work, at home while you're just, you know, putzing around the house, cleaning the house, whatever. I want to do that. I this is my gift to you. This is my child in a way my po- I built this I created this podcast and I'm so happy to be able to do this every single week even though during the year there are a few times like I took a couple weeks off like in August and everything which I explained with that whole incident during work and everything I needed to take a little time off for myself and, you know, even, you know, my other podcast, Looking Back in My Wonder Years, the Wonder Years podcast, I've been doing that since, I think, March or May. And, you know, Punky Brewster, I'm going to be entering season three in January, and that's pretty much going to take me through. The podcast should be finished sometime around late October. Guys, that is a long way away. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to just, you guys coming, listening every week hanging out with me. You know, I also, for season three, I think I want to do, like, recommendations, like, whatever, if I have something really cool, try something new to eat, 
whether it's a book I've read that I want to recommend to you, a movie that I watched, I want to be able, you know, if you guys are just looking for something to snack on or whatever, I want to be able to, you know, just throw some things out there, give you guys ideas, you know? So, that all being said, season two is done. It's in the bag. And I'm going to let you guys go. You all have a wonderful Saturday. Everyone, please be careful on the roads. If you're going out tonight, tomorrow night to celebrate to ring in the new year, please be careful. The roads are terrible. Especially if you live in the Midwest. Snow is falling. It's not stopping anytime soon. And roads are slick. If you need to get somewhere, take your time. Slow down. You know, wherever you need to be, you're still going to be there when you get there, right? All right. Have a good night. Bye-bye.